KPV Radio, Central Texas. This is ARB. Keep it locked right here on TPV Radio. You never heard Christian radio quite like this. Like this. Get your fix 24-7 on the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Radio Network. That's right, family and friends. It is the hottest radio network on the planet. TPV Radio have an all-star lineup just for you. Sunday, TPV Reloaded at 2 p.m. Monday, it's The Grub at 12 p.m. The Reality Coach at 6 p.m. Tuesday, Victory Over the Weights of Life at 6 p.m. Friday, The Caribbean Pepper Pot at 8 p.m. Saturday, Brother Down presents at 4 p.m. Men, let's talk every first Friday of the month at 4 p.m. TPV presents by appointment only. Coming to you on June 6th, it is our Saturday buffet with Lorraine Brown at 12 p.m. Walk with me. Let's go. At Majel's Products, we care for a better you with our handmade natural ingredients to give you healthier skin, body, and stronger hair. Like our face, foot, hair, and body care products. To order yours today, please visit our website at www.majowsproducts.com or on Facebook at Majow's Products. Get yours today and get your faster results without breaking the bank. Keep it locked right here on TPV Radio, the station for inspiration. Buffet with Sister Lorianne Brown. Right now on TPV Radio. He leads me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. When you become a believer, your spirit is made right. Sometimes the soul doesn't get the notice. It has a hole in it. Due to things that's happened in the past, hurt, abuse, molestation. But we want to speak to you today and tell you that God wants to heal the hole in your soul. Some people's actions are not because their spirit is wrong, but it's because the past has left a hole in their soul. May this wisdom help you get over your past and remind you that God wants to heal the hole in your soul. I have my sister, Leandria, here. She's going to help me share this wisdom and tell this story. Deliver me Cause all I seem to do is hurt me Cause all I see to do is 
my background set. another person, 
nor another place to visit or anything else that we try and put in the place of this longing. No, only fellowship with God will, will uh, satisfy our thirst and our longing. Let's look. Uh, today we, we want to talk about uh, salvation because I was just pondering my life before I met the Lord and how void and how, how vain and how empty it was. And anytime you find the answer to a question in life, your first motivation should be, I want to share this information with whoever will listen. For you, my listeners on today, I want to share one of the greatest decisions I've ever made in my life. It wasn't when I got married. It wasn't when I decided to have children. It wasn't my job, which I retired from, that gave me a, a decent uh, living. It wasn't anything that I've ever purchased in my life. It was only my decision to become saved, to follow God, to answer the call that was on my life. Look, if you would, to a scripture that we're all, all very familiar with, coming from John chapter 3. We're going to touch on the main scripture 16, but we're going to start today on uh, verse 14. John chapter 3, we're looking at verse 14. John chapter 3, verse 14, and it reads, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Final verse 17 says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. I don't know who my audience is on today, but I do know what my message is. I come with a message of hope today because I know that we're living in, in times that are perilous. We're living in times where we're dealing with uh, viruses and we're dealing with uh, racial tensions. We're dealing with a lot of adverse situations in our own personal lives, has nothing uh, to do with the virus. There are marital issues. There are, there are parents and children issues. There are just many issues and struggles that we're having in our everyday life. And I believe that the news that I have today can be called the good news. I believe that the news that I have on today can eradicate, can eliminate those issues that you're having in your everyday life. It is called salvation. For those that don't know the Lord, that is the beginning and the starting point of the rest of your life. And we just thank for today. Let's look also, if you don't mind, and if you don't have a Bible right now, you can write these scriptures down. I'll, I'll uh, uh, go back and let you know what the first one was, just in case you didn't have a pencil and paper when I uh, first quoted it. But it's John chapter 3, verse 14 through 17. And now we're looking at Romans. Uh, chapter 3, uh, verse 23. And that scripture just simply talks about every one of us. Nobody has been exempt from this. Everyone has sinned and come short of God's glory. So nobody can say, oh, you're a bad person and I'm better than you. We all start on the same platform. We're all a filthy rag, even at our best days. Let's look also at Romans 6, verse 23. I'm trying to slow my roll here. I'm, I'm moving fast. But Romans 6, 23, the wages, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. 
the wages of sin, the wages of us doing the things that we want to do, that ends in death. But the decision to follow God and, and, and to get to have salvation in our life on today, that gives us eternal life with Jesus Christ our Lord. I don't feel like I need to tell you which one of those to pick, but just in case I do, choose B. Let's choose the Lord on today that we might have eternal life. Lastly, let's look at Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, that if you would confess with your mouth, with your heart, I'm sorry, your mouth, your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved if you would believe with your mouth, confess with your mouth, and believe with your heart that God has raised him from him who? Jesus from the dead. You will be saved. The 10th verse says, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And how many times have we used our mouth to confess things that we really didn't even want to see come to pass because we didn't know any better? Well, today, I serve notice on your mouth. You can know better today, and you can speak better today. You can speak life. Amen. Also, Revelation 3.20 is another scripture that goes along with salvation. And it talks about, uh, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. It didn't say that we had to do anything special in order for him to come. He's knocking on our door on today because he's given me the message of salvation to share on the radio on today. And because he's given me that message, I know that that message has the potential to change your life. For someone who has not been to church, because there are people who have never uh, gone to church. There are people who don't know about the Lord, and many might question that, but I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Let's say you don't know what salvation really is. And in order to, to obtain a thing that's being offered, you really do need to understand what that thing or what that um, what the conditions are and what am I offering you today? I'm offering you salvation. And that salvation is I'm offering you a chance to be delivered from your sins and to become reconciled to God. What a mouthful, what an awesome thing to be delivered from my sins and to be reconciled back to God. Salvation happens in our life when we realize we need and desire a relationship with God. I was at a place in my life, I knew that something had to change. And I just believe that somebody listening to me today, you're there. You're at the end of your road, and you don't know which way to go. And unfortunately for many, that's, that's a place where they decide to take their life. When we come against that spirit of suicide of today, we take authority over that. That's not the answer. What I'm offering you today, the good news of Jesus and salvation, that's your answer to that dead-end road that you're finding yourself on. That relationship that I'm talking about. We can live a life, uh, some of us have lived our life long enough where we've learned that our connection to God is our only life source that matters. Now, there are a lot of things that we call important in our life on an everyday basis. But at the end of the day, if I didn't have Jesus in my life, my home wouldn't mean anything. The things that I collected, my car or, or the, my clothing, the money, the few dollars that I may have in the bank, none of that matters if I don't have Jesus in my heart. 
Salvation occurs when we are thirst, when we thirst from a place that only fellowship with God can satisfy. Just like I know many of us have, have gotten thirsty, especially on hot days like it is today, 80, 90 degrees outside, and you have this thirst, and you, you hear your body saying, I want some water, but you, you, you'd rather drink a soft drink, or you'd rather go and get something sweet, or you'd rather have juice, or sometimes there are other beverages that we would prefer over the water that our bodies are craving for. And no matter how much of that other stuff that we put in our bodies, our bodies still come back with that same request, I need water. God made us that way. Well, we have an inner register that lets us know what helps us sustain life on an everyday basis. But because of our free will, uh, this decision for salvation is one that's going to be personal. I can offer this uh, good news to you all day long, but at the end of the day, it's a personal decision you have to make for yourself. A lot of people help me make a lot of decisions in my life as I have grown. But this decision to follow after the Lord, that had to be one I had to make um, on my own. Salvation not today. To, to the mere fact that I'm on this radio sharing this message with you, with you today says to my heart that somebody is standing in need of salvation. How will you respond to this request? How will you respond to this plea? I'm pleading with you today to not try God because we don't have to try him. I'm asking you to trust him. When you got to a place where you realize that everything that you have in place has not worked, is not working, and if you look down the road, doesn't look like it's going to work, I offer you Christ on today. Will you continue to satisfy your thirst with other things? Or will you uh, answer the call that's in your life for salvation? For those who know this, uh, know this message is for them, I want to lead you over the sinner's prayer. I want to pray with you. I want to, I want to uh, give you an opportunity to change where you are to where you can be in God. This is your exodus today. As the songwriter said, this is your exodus. If you've gotten to a place where all you keep doing is hurting yourself, which is where I was, which is why I chose that song, I kept, everything I kept putting in place kept end up hurting me at the end of the day. Every person I put in my life at the end of the day kept lying to me, kept hurting me, kept uh, physically abusing me, kept mentally abusing me. So I had to get to a place where either I changed what I allowed in my life because I wanted something different to happen or I kept allowing the same thing to happen and I kept getting the same result. So if you feel a tug on your heart today, if you feel that there's a need for change in your life today, would you pray this prayer with me? Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. I receive you now, Jesus, as my Savior. I thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit now living in me to guide me. 
This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now that you prayed the sinner's prayer and you prayed from a place of sincerity, you really, really mean what you're saying. God is not asking you to be a perfect human being after this prayer and after this confession. He's only asking you to believe him to create change in your life. Now, if you don't have a Bible, I encourage you to get one because you're going to need to read the word of God. The word of God is like fuel to a car. When you go to the gas station and you're running low on fuel, you need to go gas up. So when you begin to run low on fuel as a Christian, you need to go gas up. Not with gasoline, unleaded and let it, but you need to fuel up with the word of God. You need to pray for a church home because the Bible said don't forsake to assemble. We need to come together. You need to be around like-minded people, people that can encourage you, people that can love on you, people that can help you get to where you're trying to go, people who have been just where you are but have gone to another place and can now look back and help those who are behind them. And also, you need to be baptized. You need to be baptized. You need to, you need to make a commitment uh, to God. And that uh, baptism is an outward commitment. It is a, uh, it's a billboard that tells a, a world, the whole world, your family members, and anyone who is in attendance of your baptism that I'm a changed individual. Some of you might say, well, I don't believe anything happened because I don't feel any different. I, I did what you told me. I, I read the scriptures with you. I heard the word going forth. I prayed the prayer that you prayed that you told me to pray. Uh, I'm committed to this process, but I don't feel anything. I don't feel any different. Well, you were expecting goosebumps or warm, fuzzy feelings. Some do experience feelings, but it's not about what we feel. But it's about the transformation that has begun on the inside of you who believe, of you who would cry out to God in sincerity and ask for help. He will not leave you in the state that he finds you in. I am a living 61-year-old witness that that will not happen. I, as a young woman at 17, uh, gave my life to the Lord. And I decided when I got a little older that this life was boring, so I ventured off. But God didn't hold that to me. He, he stayed with me. He kept me. Even in situations where I know the outcome should have been different. So I encourage you today to give this opportunity, give this privilege uh, a fair chance in your life. When we invite the Savior Jesus in, he comes, and wherever he is, better is available. Wherever Jesus is, better, B-E-T-T-E-R, is available. What you gain from this relationship will depend on what you are willing to invest of yourself to this relationship. And that bears repeating. What you gain, what you get out of this relationship with the Lord will depend upon what you are willing to invest of yourself to this relationship. Somebody said, I don't understand. Well, I'm glad you don't because I'm able to explain. If you put in little effort, you will get little results. If you put in, if you put in full commitment, 
you will gain full benefit, period. No ifs, no ands, no buts. If you put it in, you shall get it out. If you throw it up, it's going to come down. Once salvation is achieved, we become a work in progress. We are now in discipleship. We are now an apprentice. And now the work began. Some have thought, like I thought when I first came into the Lord, that coming into the Lord, I put on a pair of roses, rose-colored glasses, and I thought, now everything is set. Everything is all taken care of. I'm good to go. Yeah, but now the real work began because what you have allowed to begin in you, you have a, made a commitment to. And so now you have to allow the Holy Spirit of God who now lives on the inside of you to give birth in you to your calling, to the purpose by which you were born. Some say, well, I don't have a purpose. At least I don't know what my purpose is. You don't have to know. The one who lives on the inside of you after salvation, he knows. And that's his job, to develop that purpose and that calling in our lives. But don't buck against it. Don't fight against it. Allow it to take place so that we can see the full effect of a life that was going nowhere begin to blossom and to bloom and to develop. So if you're going to see those things occur in your life, you've got to make a commitment to it. If you, if you have to do a thing, why would, you, why would you expect the full effect of it? You didn't give it your all. So give this your all, and we're getting ready in a few minutes to take a song break. But before, before we do, we're going to uh, tell you what we're going to come back and talk about uh, after the song break. We're going to be talking about the expectation of, a, of being a disciple. What, what does God expect from me? Now that I have said yes to salvation, now what? And I'm, and I'm glad you want to know because now you are in discipleship. Now you are a disciple. And when we come back after the song break, we're going to talk about that, uh, uh, being a disciple. And we're just grateful today that you tuned in. And we want to thank you. And we didn't give any pleasantries before we started because we were a little, um, a little nervous. But we want to thank God for the opportunity. I really want to thank God for opening up this door for me. I didn't seek this door. I didn't, I didn't knock on this door at all. This was something that God uh, dropped in my lap, and I had to choose uh, whether I was going to be obedient and accept it or whether I was going to continue to act as though uh, it wasn't for me. And I'm glad today that I decided to follow God's instructions and allow this great gift and this, this great platform uh, to be open to me. So I hope, uh, hope and pray that you're enjoying the, the, uh, the time together so far on this buffet. And uh, after we come back, after this song selection, uh, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about what's expected from our discipleship. It's Saturday's Buffet with Sister Lorianne Brown, right now on TPV Radio.
said, you know my name. As soon as he did that, I was like, I love it. I love it. <laughs> you know my name. He said it again. He said, you know my name.
What's good? It's your boy, Josiah Khalid. Listen, you're listening to the Summer's Voice Radio. Walk with me. Let's go. You're listening to the hottest, most off-controversial, off-the-meters Christian radio station in the land. In the land. The Summer's Voice Radio Network. Are you ready to walk, family? Let us go. Saturday's Buffet with Sister Lorianne Brown. Brown. Right now on TPV Radio. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the song that was played for you. Welcome back. He knows your name. He knows your name. What an awesome song. I love that song. He knows our name. and He wants to talk with us. He wants to fellowship with us. And now we want to talk about the expectations of discipleship. And before we dive off into discipleship, we want to explain 
what discipleship is. Discipleship is an act of our obedience to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. It's a life under training, and it's a life of discipline. It's a life under training, and it is a life under discipline. Because now that we're in the Lord and we have accepted salvation, we no longer live according to our own agenda or our own rules or our own regulations, but we're now regulated by the Holy One of God who lives on the inside of us, and his name is the Holy Spirit. Look, if you would, with me at Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. And it reads, Then he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. I want to put a pin on take up your cross daily and follow me. Reason why I put a pin in that because I want you to know it is not a one-time fix. It is a daily decision. Every day that we live, we are faced with decisions, whether we leave our home or whether we go into public, whether we go to work, no matter where we are, we are faced daily with decisions. Once we become a saved man or woman, we enter into discipleship training. And training, for everyone who knows anything about training, it is not a one day and you got a, 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 a bunch of muscles, you got your, your, your abs all tight and your glutes all ready to go. No. Training, physical training, is an everyday, uh, maybe a couple of days off rest type of deal. Um, I'm a runner. And I can't go and sign up for a race, and then when the race day comes, I haven't trained at all. I just walk out on that race course, and they uh, shoot the gun, and I run that, that marathon without any uh, struggles. No. Even with training, a marathon would tax your body. So there's training that goes with being a disciple. There are expectations expected because we now have been given power by God to get the job done. See, when I, when I do the necessary things to train for a race, when I go on to that course, I'm not worried or concerned about whether I'm going to make it to the finish line. My expectations are already raised. I already expect to make it to the training line. Why, I'm finished line, I'm sorry. Why? Because I have been in training, and I have trained to be fit for this race. During discipleship training, we are shaped, we are transformed, we are molded, and we are learning. There is more, uh, there is more, the more we learn during this training, the more we discover there is more to learn. Dr. Miles Monroe, the late Dr. Miles Monroe, was quoted saying, all I know is what I have been taught, but, uh, but what I have been taught is not all there is to learn. And it's the same thing in our life. We've been taught a lot of things in our life, but that's not all it is to know. There are other things that we're discovering as we move forward in life. So during this journey, and, and I, you know what? I'm careful with words. I try to be careful with words. 
and, and I try to put words in that can really explain and make clear the point that I'm trying to make. Notice I, I didn't say trip. <laughs> Notice I said during the journey, during this journey of discipleship. A journey means that it's an extended time, that it's not just um, an eight-hour drive, but it, it's, a, it's a journey. You're going on a journey, so it's a long distance. Don't get caught up in who knows more or less than you. Don't get caught up in that. This race is not given to the first finisher or the fastest runner. Unlike the races that I get in here on earth, you know, we're, we're, we're concerned about getting to the finish line first or getting there the fastest. But this race that you just joined today with salvation, you're not giving your reward because you finished first. But this race is rewarded for those who endure their race until the end. So I say unto you today, relax and run with intention on getting to the finish line to receive your finisher's reward. Don't get distracted by sideline activity of those who weren't even smart enough to enter the race. I need to pin that again. There are people on the sidelines in your life, Mr. or Miss, whoever you are that made the decision to follow the Lord, that's going to tell you that's not a good decision, that Jesus is not real, that you don't need this or that you don't need that. But they weren't smart enough to get in the race themselves. So I would say they don't even bear listening to as far as advice is concerned. There will be many messages that's going to be echoed to you from many onlookers as well as well-wishers. But I say unto you, stay focused, stay committed, stay the course set before you. Remember, if you get off course during this race, you disqualify yourself. And that brings me to, to, to remember a story that I was told. I was reminded of a story about a football star. He was a receiver of a catch on the 50-yard line. He ran that ball, and although many attempted to stop him, no one could touch him. He knew he was untouchable. And when he finally made it to the touchdown line, he began his elaborate celebration. But what he did not know but later realized was the play was flawed because during his efforts to avoid unwanted contact, he stepped outside the line. A flag was thrown. And although his performance made the crowd go wild, the points were not gained. There are great benefits in serving God, but they will not come without opposition. But I'm telling you that although you may get opposition on your plate, don't step out of bounds. Don't get out of line. Stay focused. Stay tuned in to the voice of the Holy Ghost. Encourage yourself with these thoughts. Recall what you were before salvation. Remind yourself what you brought to the bargaining table to obtain this salvation. You were, you were in bondage. And he gave you freedom. You, were, uh, you came with a broken heart, but he healed your heart. We were blind when we got to that table. God gave us sight. We were deaf, and no matter how hard we tried, we couldn't hear. But he restored our hearing. 
we were void of hope. And God knows hopelessness is a is a fix all by itself. Just think about if you got up every day and didn't have anything to live for, didn't have anything that inspired you, didn't have anything that made you smile every now and then. That's a void. That's a life of hopelessness. That's a that's a life that's void. That's a life where nothing green grows. Nothing makes you happy in that type of life when you don't have any hope. But when we brought that void to God, he filled us with his precious Holy Spirit. And we now have everything we need to accomplish our discipleship training. He, the Holy Spirit, is all we need to quench the thirst and the longing to know God. Enough said. End of story. We don't need to add anything to that. Once we have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us, we don't need to try and find another answer. He is the answer. We are now a new creature. Immediate changes are beginning to take place, but there are many old habits that still exist and will surface. But the difference now is, now that we're saved, those old habits, they're going to come back. But now if we decide to engage them, we have the voice of the Holy Spirit to remind us that we don't have to choose fleshly desires anymore. They're no longer necessary in our life. They're no longer welcome in our life. They're no longer an option we should even consider in our life. That's that formal way of taking care of business. That's that old way of of taking care of matters, of feeling like God kind of simply kind of needs our help. He does not. He doesn't need our help. He is well able to disciple us. He's well able to get us where we need to go. Let's recall. Let's look back for a minute. Where did we start at? We started with salvation. We started off knowing John 3.16 said that God loved us so much he couldn't even measure it. And his love for us gave us a plan to save our sin-sick souls even while we were spitting on him. And you said, well, I've never spit on Jesus. Mankind did. And because we are mankind, we fit right into that mode. We're, we're part of that group. So whether I put my hands to it or not, I, I came in the world guilty because mankind denied the power of Jesus. So we started off, we had absolutely nothing. We had nothing. We were clueless. We were lifeless. Although we were existing on an everyday basis, we had nothing. And we were given the privilege. And privilege is a big word to me, just like opportunity. We were given opportunity to accept Jesus as our Savior, to go from the state of being lost, and dead to being found and alive. As I forestated earlier when we first started, I had some good news, and I just shared the good news with you. We've now entered, after salvation, into discipleship. There are some things that are, that are expected of us, and we need to, to meet those uh, expectations. We need to get up every day, not once a week, not once a month, 
that every day we need to approach our day with a winning attitude, with a mindset that I'm going to make a difference in somebody's life today. Because when I was lost, he left the 99 and came and got me. When I was eating from the pig pen and I didn't like what I was eating, but I had nothing else, he came and rescued me. He allowed me to come back, and he restored me back unto himself. That is such good news to my heart today. And I, I pray that this news is not falling on deaf ears, but it's falling on good ground. Somebody that's going to take this good news and work it. Just like uh, I have flowers in my, in my yard, I have trees that I planted. I've invested in my yard. So it's, it's not anything unusual for you to pass by my house and find me pulling grass out my flower bed or watering my trees because I have invested in those things. They weren't free at the nursery. I had to purchase them. So when you really uh, get serious about your life, you will invest in your life. And that's what I'm trying to get you to see on today. Whatever state you find yourself in on today, you invested to get there. If it was a, a, if it was a wrong choice, you kept making them. I kept making them. I kept making wrong choices, and I kept getting the, the, the same results. But one day I just got so sick and tired of being hurt and tore from the floor up all the time. It seemed like people around me was happy and joyful, and I was pretending to be, but I was so torn up on the inside. I was wrecked. I was a train wreck that had already happened, but nobody was looking at the train because I, I put on a facade. I could put on a great big hat to go to church, and I could do all of the right things in church. I could raise my hand. I could even cry a few tears, but my tears were not tears of joy. My tears were tears. I'm broken, and I need help. I've fallen, and I can't get up. And so, again, uh, you are in discipleship if you have accepted uh, Jesus as your Savior. You are saved now. You are now listed as a man or woman of God. You are a Christian, which means that you have become Christ-like. You are a believer. And you say, I've always been a believer. Yeah, me too. But we now believe God. We now believe the good report. See, I believed a lot of things. I, I believed Joe when he told me he was going to uh, give me $4, but he didn't give it to me. But not everything that God has promised me, they are yea and amen. He's not a man that he should lie to us. He loves us, and he loves us so much that he gave, and then he gave, and he gave. What are we going to do with that? Are we going to keep asking him to give, or are we going to one day feel compelled to give back? When our community blesses us with a good job, do we take those investments that they've given us and invest in other communities, or do we invest in the community in which we live? We live in this body. What are we going to do, just throw up our hands and uh, call it a day, or are we going to invest in 
going to the word of God to improve our insight? Are, are we just going to act like the word is going to jump out of the book into our head? No, it's not. We have to pick the book up. We have to not only read the book, but we have to go to this book with a mind to change, with a mind to believe the word, with a mind to allow the word to work in our life. The word would do the work, but we have to go and get it. We have to go and eat it. We have to go and partake of it. And then we need to find, through, through asking the Lord, what church am I to join? Because whatever church he puts us in, we'll grow there. Will it be perfect? No. You know what makes it imperfect? Me when I walk in the door. Because I walk in imperfect. So if you're looking for a perfect church, a perfect people, you have to go to heaven. Simple. You have to go to heaven. My husband prayed a prayer one time. He said, Lord, I don't want my children to go through what I've gone through. Father, I don't want my children to hurt the hurts that I've hurt. Lord, I don't want my children to experience the things that I have experienced. And the Holy Spirit answered my husband's prayer. He says, okay, I'll take them to heaven. And he said, no, wait, I don't want them to, I don't want them to pass away. <laughs> That's not what I'm asking you. He said, that's the only way that they can avoid conflict and hurts and pain. I have to take them to heaven. So that's what I'm saying to you. Don't expect to live this life and not have any conflict, not have anything that's going to combat you. Because trials and tribulations, they will come. And they're going to beat upon your house. Whether you're a saved man or woman or not, they're coming. If your house is not rooted and grounded in God, I can tell you the outcome, and I don't have to use a prophetic gift to do it. The outcome will be you shall fall. I will fall. We will fail. The only stability that we have is found in the Lord Jesus. And the ball has begun to roll in your life today, if you have accepted him as your Savior. And remember, he knows your name. He knows where you stay. He has your best interest at heart. And he can do in you what you never can do outside of him. The best decision, and I'll say it again, and I'll probably repeat it two or three more times before this radio uh, broadcast is over. He is the best decision I have ever made in my entire life was the day that I said yes to him, yes to his will, yes to his way, yes to his direction. We're going to have another song coming up pretty soon. And that song, um, uh, song selection, after that song selection, I'm sorry, we'll come back and have uh, further conversation. We'll go further, but this time, We'll be talking about discipleship is not something that we'll say, okay, I'll do it. It's a calling that's on your life once you become saved. Discipleship is a calling on our lives. It's not something we say I might do or I'll I'll think about it. It is a decision 
It's a decision. Not a decision, I'm sorry, but it is a calling that's on our lives. We try to make, we try to complicate this thing called Christianity, but it's really not complicated. It is simple if we follow the criteria that's already laid out. What complicates this life, this, this life of Christianity is when we try to critique it to fit our mode. Christianity doesn't fit our mode. We become Christians, and we become Christians. We become Christ-like. We, we take on Christianity. Christianity doesn't take, on, just take us on, doesn't, doesn't try to act like we act. Because if we just really be honest and truthful about it, our actions have not been so pretty. And again, before, after this song selection, we'll come back and we'll talk about discipleship. Is a calling on our life. We're going to song right now. Saturday's Buffet with Sister Lorianne Brown. Right now on TPV Radio. This is God's Journey Child, Fed Old Chestnut, and you're listening to the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Walk with me, family. Let's go. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. You're a way maker, and we appreciate you. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Can we say that together? Cry Waymaker, say. Waymaker, miracle. Miracle. Promise. Keep. Promise keep. Light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Let's declare it together. Waymaker. Waymaker. Yeah. Oh my
I worship you. Say, I worship you. You are
We cry out, oh, Waymaker, Jaira, Jaira, Jaira. We lift our hands and worship away. Cry out. Thank you, Father. You never heard Christian radio quite like this. Like this. Get your fix 24-7 on the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Radio Network. It's Saturday's Buffet with Sister Lorianne Brown. Right now on TPV Radio. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. We promise to talk about discipleship is a calling on our lives. But we cannot omit the powerful song that we just heard. We heard he, God is a way maker. We can just go home after that, after he, him being a way maker. But then we went, the songwriter went on to say he's a miracle worker. How many need a miracle in their lives on today? How many need God to make a way for a miracle to occur in their lives on today? Well, if he told you he was going to make, uh, make a way for you, he's a promise keeper. And he keeps his word. He keeps his word. And you know what that does? When God keeps his word to us, that brings light in darkness. Hallelujah. He turns life, lives around. He turns my life around. I can't, I can't witness for you. You have to do that for yourself. But I know him today to be my Lord, my Savior, my all in all. He turned my life around. He mended my broken heart. That's just who he is. In my life, I am so grateful to be saved, sanctified, and filled with the precious Holy Ghost. I remember as a young woman being embarrassed, (laughs) yes, embarrassed to raise my hands in church, to pray out loud, to praise God. And I would look around me and I would see people dancing in the spirit. I would see people speaking in tongues. I would see people crying and responding out of a heart of gratitude around me in the church where I was. And I would be like, oh, my God, I would never, never, ever do that. And I know that caused many of my uh, listeners to laugh that know me personally because they know me to be the one that will cut up in somebody's church. And I was just sitting here. Uh, thinking about um, uh, what I was going to going to um, share with you after um, uh, today, and I, and I was I was thinking about the fact that uh, we make up our minds. Uh, we say we're going to do things a certain way, you know. And and I remember talking to um, Nancy. Uh, she's a part of the radio uh, ministry. She's a, a, a pastor Chris's wife. And I was talking to Nisi, and I was asking for pointers. And Nisi told me something that was more valuable than money in the bank. And I want to thank you, uh, Nisi, publicly for what you said to me privately. Nisi said, be yourself. She said, be yourself. She said, people love when you be yourself. 
And she shared that with me, and I'm so grateful sitting here in this seat, uh, not knowing what to expect before I came on today, uh, being a little nervous before I came on today, but just kind of drawing strength from the, the woman of God who shared with me, be yourself. So what am I saying this for? I'm telling you, be yourself. Be yourself. Uh, whatever expressions you have, because I, I gave I gave the song list for the songs that I want played during this broadcast, and I said, Lord, why did I give this man songs that caused me to go in? I'm, I'm having to hold myself because these songs that I'm sharing today are songs that take me to a place, and I'm hoping and praying that they're ministering to your hearts as well, the way they affect me. But let's go to the subject uh, at hand. Discipleship is a calling on our lives. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 17. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 17. And it reads, But as God has distributed to each one, as the Lord has called each one, so let him walk, and so ordained in all the churches. Let us walk in the calling that's on our lives. Discipleship is a personal demonstration that's given from a grateful heart, which shows any onlookers that there has been an inward transformation taking place. Salvation comes with a holy calling that inclu- that's included in the package deal of, the, of salvation. The holy calling is all-inclusive of your salvation. It's an act of obedience to this calling that becomes proof that there has been a change of heart, that my mind has changed, and especially my behavior has changed. How many have looked at their own life, and I did. I I looked at my life, and I I was like, I was so disgusted with my own self. I was doing things, and, and I was trying to reason with myself, but my flesh kept overpowering me because I didn't have any power. And I kept telling myself, this is disgusting how you're living. This is, this is uh, disrespectful what you're doing. But I continued to do it until I, I gave my life to the Lord. And he gave me power to tell my flesh, no, shut up, and sit down. Salvation is a virtue. And it is a benefit that reveals the death of your old man, the former way and the former lifestyle that we had. These lifestyles and these former ways, they become they are hindrances. And they have been exposed to the light of Jesus. And Jesus has destroyed them from the root. So when your when your body tells you to take that uh, cigarette and smoke it, you can tell your body no if you want to. How do I know that? Because I smoked a pack a day. I used to smoke a pack a day, but when God renewed my strength in him, I was able to throw those cigarettes away. Did my flesh bother me about it? Of course it did. And I remember I went on vacation. I went to Boston, Massachusetts. I was laying up in a hotel room, and I didn't. nobody told me God traveled. I thought I had left God in Michigan at the time I lived in Michigan. And I thought that God was still in Michigan, so I was in uh, Boston, Massachusetts. So surely, he don't know I'm here. I can smoke. That's how dumb we are when we don't know it. And I was in that hotel room, and I was laying in that bed, and I was smoking a cigarette. And I took two puffs off that cigarette, and the whole room literally began to spin. 
I was laying there in that bed, and I couldn't stop that room from spinning, but I put that cigarette out. That cigarette was no longer important to me. And I began to grab the sheets on the bed trying to hold on because it literally felt like I was on a, a roller coaster ride. And I remember saying to the Lord, Lord, if you stop this, I won't do it again. And he vividly spoke this to me in my spirit. He said, if you ever pick it up again, that minute, if I ever started back to smoking that pack of cigarettes today, he said, it's going to take your life. And from that day to this one, I have never put another cigarette to my lips because I believed what he said. And it has helped me to maintain that change that took, took place in my life. The new life has had a rose in me, and it has a rose today in you. There is a new share now in charge of your life. We have a holy calling on our life. We are fully committed to the process of following his lead. Learning life lessons from the three sources that God has made available to us. Remember, God gave us a task, but he also gave us equipment. In this discipleship, in this calling on our lives, we have been equipped. The three things he has equipped us with, he gave us his Holy Spirit to lead us. He gave us the word of God to display Jesus, our example for living. When we look in the word of God, we see Jesus living. And he's our example, our perfect example of how we should decide our life decisions. When we want to cuss somebody out, look in the Bible, did Jesus cuss anybody out? When we want to beat somebody up, look in the Bible, did Jesus beat them up or did he talk to them? And the last example that God has made available to us as a source to maintain this, this discipleship and the calling that's on our lives, he gave us earthly leaders. And we cannot leave out our earthly leaders. All earthly leaders are not bad. There are some awesome earthly leaders. They're pastors, they're mentors, they're godly parents, and there are other believers. So when you don't know what to do with yourself, God has given you somebody in your life. You can, I have been, I have went to a restaurant. I was there simply to mind my own business, and at that time, I was, I was obese, and I was overeating. I was there to overeat, and this lady got into my business, and she began to speak to me things that I know I hadn't told her. And reason being that I hadn't told her because I was in Jackson, Mississippi at a restaurant, and I lived in Michigan. And this woman, I've never seen a day in my life, so I know she didn't know me because I didn't know her. But God will use people in your surroundings, on your job, that's already in your life, and some that are not in your life, to speak things to you. Yes, we have to be careful when people are speaking into our life. I don't allow everybody to speak into my life. Somebody can't tell me what thus saith the Lord. I'm selective on that. And I'm selective by the leading of the Holy Spirit. When God tells me I'm in a safe place, I trust. But if the Lord does not release me to hear a word, I'm guarded. And so, long story short, we're all a work in progress. I'm so excited about what I'm getting ready to share with you because this sets me ablaze. But we, are, we can consider ourselves like material. We are vessels that in many cases have been marred. We have been broken. 
we are unfit for use. Let's just let's just ponder that that thought for a moment. Think about what we have to give God to work with. We are vessels that have been marred. M A R R E D. We have been marred. We have been broken, and we are unfit for use. But when we put this material, this vessel, in the master's hand, he's a potter. We are the clay vessels. In his hand, the outcome is amazing. Because of the skill set of the master, he takes what was dull, worthless, lifeless, useless, and he transforms it into something into a person of wisdom, a person of value, and we become meat that's fit for the master's table and for the master's use. I'm reminded of a story in Jeremiah chapter 18. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to talk about what, what, what you find there. But there we find a man being instructed to go to the potter's house. And the instruction says, when you go, don't knock on the door, don't bother the potter. He has a big window there. Just stand there at the window and look in. Just observe what that potter is doing. So open the directions and the leading the, the the instructions, he went to the potter's house. He stood at the window and he began to watch. The potter. He noticed that there were some pot, uh, some pots were still on the shelf, some were in the oven, and there were some that was on the wheel. Now the ones that was on the wheel, the potter was making them, but suddenly the potter stopped and took the clay off the wheel. Hmm. Look, look, kind of. Strange. Why did he take that off? He's not done with it. Well, what the potter knew and the man didn't know, that the clay was marred. And if he'd have continued to form it in the way it was going, he was not going to have a vessel of honor. And any potter that's working with clay will not say to himself, if he has any pride in his work, oh, they won't see that mistake. Oh, that was, that's under the bottom. I'll just, I'll just cover it up. No, a real potter with a tender heart and a loving heart wants the absolute best for that clay that he's forming. So this potter took this clay off the wheel, and to begin, he began to reform it. Re- reformation sometimes and most times, is a painful part of the process. But in the scripture, it says the, the, the clay would have been messed up, destroyed, if it had not been for the fact that the potter kept it in his hand. Now, that's shouting material for me. I could run right there, but I can't because I need to finish telling you the story. Our lives, when we give it to God, we're clay. He is the master potter. 
if when we begin to struggle with God about, let me go, I don't want this life. I I changed my mind. I wanna I wanna go back to Egypt. I miss onions. I like garlic. I wanna go back to the club and I I feel like I need to drop it like it's hot. Let me let go of me. Don't touch me. I I know what I want. I'm grown. When we begin to tell God those types of things, you say, I ain't told God that I did. I was stupid enough to tell God what I will and will not do, what I would and would not do, and how I wasn't going to do this, and how I was going to do that, how I was grown. Yes, I did. In ignorance, I did. Today, I'm in awe that God allowed me to stay here and didn't take me out. But when, when... when you think about your life, when I think about my life, let's do my life. Don't do your life. Your life good. Mine was so up. When I think about my life, glory to God, and how I struggle to get off that wheel, if God had taken his hand off of me at the time when I felt like I wanted him to, I would have been utterly destroyed. I'm so grateful today that he kept me in his hands. And as I look through the window at you today, because there's no distance in the spirit, somebody is where I was. And you're there and you know you're there. You feel, you feel the, the tugging in your heart. The things that I'm explaining that happened to me have happened to you and are happening to you. The feelings of disgust and and tiredness and the void, you're feeling that. And I'm telling you, I come to encourage you. I come to remind you. I come to let you know that you're still in God's hands. He has not let go of you. You say, well, why am I hurting so bad? Well, the Bible says, We learn how to obey God through the things that God allows us to suffer. So if you're suffering anything right now, but you are in the hands of God, don't worry about it. Go ahead and cry. Go ahead and holler. Whatever you need to do, just know this. He has you in his hands. He has never lost one, ever lost one. He never will lose one. You, if he's for you, he is more than a whole world is against you. He has not forgotten about you. He knows what temperature he set on that oven because you know you got to be cured. You know you've got to be, once you get molded in shape, the potter's got to put you in the oven. He's got to bake you to a certain temperature. He's got to get you to a certain hardness. So that when you are attacked in the world and you shall be attacked by the world, you can stand. And having done all you can to stand, just stand there, knowing that God is for you, that God has called you, that God has commissioned you, that God has sent you. And he has given you a message. That message that God gives you is good news and it's hope. God has a plan. For your life God had a plan Has a plan for mine And I 
I'm living out the plan that God has for me today. This is another part of God's plan. Did I just succumb to that? No, I didn't. I wish I could say I did, but no, I didn't. I struggled with this. You know why I struggled? I struggled because of what man thought and what man said about who I was. I struggled because I came from very, very low beginnings. I came from the family of no shoes and no food and no house that had air conditioning. I came from the house that had to put the pots out when it rained because it rained in our house. I came from that place where money was not running over in our bank account because we had none. I came from a place where I was reared by alcoholic grandparents who didn't know or introduce me to the Lord. But God didn't hold where I came from against me and his plan for my life. And I'm saying to you, God is not holding to your account what you did last night, what you did this morning, what you're thinking about doing this evening. He's not holding that against you. If you decided to allow him to come into your heart today and to save you, he came in, you are saved, he has a plan, it's not an evil plan, it is a good plan, and it's a plan that's going to bring you to an expected end, and your expected end is so great, I promise you, you can't see it coming, but I will caution you to get your sunglasses, because your future is so bright. You may be feeling down and out today. That is not the final answer for your life. That is not the benediction of your life. Greater is coming for you. I'm getting ready to take a music break. I have preached myself happy, and I pray I have preached you happy as well. But when we come back, our third and our final point that we're going to touch on today is discipleship comes with consolation. Discipleship comes with consolations, and consolations are rewards. There is a reward in discipleship. It's not all pain. It's not all doom and gloom. But going back to the potter's house as we go to music break, we would have been destroyed. We would have been lost. We would have been doomed if it had not been for the fact that the potter kept us in his hand. Musical break at this time. We'll be right back. Yo, what's good? It's your boy, Josiah Khalid. Listen, you're listening to the Summer's Voice Radio. Walk with me. Let's go. I want to shift a little bit. I have a, I have a guest here that I would like to bring up to share right now. Um, I want you to just, she's going to bless us in a mighty way right now. I want you to welcome to the stage, Shayna Wilson-Williams. Right. 
You never heard Christian radio quite like this. Get your fix 24-7 on the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Radio Network. Saturday's Buffet, Buffet with Sister Lorianne Brown. Brown. Right now on TPV Radio. Welcome back to Saturday's Buffet with your host, Lorraine Brown. And as promised, we're going to talk about discipleship comes with consolations and rewards. Let's look at Hebrews 11.6. Hebrews 11.6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. But he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. There are areas in our life where we are endowed with the power to bear fruit for our Father's glory. What a privilege. What an honor to render service to God. That he would use someone who to many don't even count. Thank you, God, that you don't hold our fault to our account. We are privileged privileged to illustrate outwardly what has transpired inwardly. That's a privilege, to be able to express outwardly what has taken place on the inside of me, the, the parts of me you can't see. Although we are still a work in progress, we are graced to express gratitude for the life abundantly given to us by God. A life life that was filled with chaos is now a life of discipline. A life that was scattered is now a life under training. A life that had been tested and encountered many conflicts and has had many struggles. But now, you're still standing. And not only are you standing, but you're standing strong. A life where the former behavior is dying daily, and the new life has been established now as a lifestyle. Things that you may have struggled with uh, adapting to when you first became a Christian, like I, I I used to swear I wasn't good at it, but I did. And after I got saved, that wasn't hard for me to get rid of because I really wasn't a swearer anyway. But then I was a liar. Now, lying was a whole different ball game. Lying was, was a struggle for me because I had gotten it in my spirit. I would quickly tell a lie other rather than the truth because it had became habit. My mother was very strict <laughs> Strict is not even the right word for her, but she was very strict, and she passed away, and I loved her dearly, but she was very strict, and and when she would speak, even even if the truth wasn't anything harmful, I was so used to getting in trouble that I would just start lying about it, and every time I would do it, for some reason, now that I'm a parent, I know you know your children, she always knew when I was not telling the truth. But those old behaviors, they die daily in us, and thank God for that, and that our new habits become a lifestyle, a life that has been apprehended. God has apprehended you on today, and now you should be in hot pursuit to apprehend him. What has apprehended you? You should have a strong desire to want to know him better. 
to want to know him on a more personal level. This is like the the platform that we that we have today. Salvation is your platform. Now you go and build on it. Any any building that's standing today in your city or wherever you live, it had to have a solid foundation. If there was no foundation, there is no building. In order to have a building, there must be a foundation. A life who gets out of bed every day to impact change in other people's lives. Why? Why should we get out of bed every day to impact somebody else's life? Because somebody left the light on for us. And out of a heart of gratitude and out of a heart of gratefulness, we don't wish anybody to miss what we gain on today. What you gain on today, you shouldn't want anybody to miss this. This experience that, that I've had in my life, my whole life mission is to share it with somebody. It's to, it's to tell everybody to come see a man that can take nothing and make something great out of it. A life that gathers the sheep and introduces them to the shepherd. A life that was a dead man walking, waiting to be buried, has been made whole now and on a mission to shed light and the good news of salvation to anybody that would dare to listen. A new order is in place. We once were lost, but now that is no longer our position. A transference of wealth has been deposited into our bank. We have power now, people of God, to overcome. We have potential that's with endless possibilities. In short, we have heard the good news, and not only did we hear it, but we believed the news we heard, and we have acted on it with full throttle engaged. Essentially, an inward transformation has presented itself as an outward invitation. Come see a man who can change your loss to win. You said I've been losing all my life. Well, I say to you, happy birthday to you. You just got introduced to the winning circle. A man who can change your loss to win and a man who will bless your whole life. <laughs> I've known people in my life that could perhaps help me financially, but they couldn't do nothing with my mind. Or maybe they had a degree and could help me mentally, but couldn't help me with my emotions. But I've introduced you to a man on today that can bless your whole life. Again, we speak up and say, that's good news. A man we can follow. A lot of us have had men in our lives, some of them we call dad, and we couldn't follow them to the back door without getting lost. But I say unto you today, I've introduced you to someone you can follow. A man willing and able to train our behavior for optimal use. And that by itself for me is a great and mighty work because my behavior, as I forced stated, was something not to be desired. But now that he has came into my heart and changed my opinion of life, my values of life, my way of looking at life, uh, the things that I do with my life and the things that I will not do with my life, then I can now say my behavior is something that 
I still need has room for improvement, but I'm good. Yeah. A man who can we can live for. Praise God. Bless his wonderful name forever. Now run and tell that. Uh, Brother Chris, I'm not sure if we have any callers on the line or if you want to um, uh, have them to say anything. I'm open. Uh, right now, uh, we just happening. I'm just waiting for them to respond and see when it's just on the show or not. So okay, great. Just wanted to, to um, be with you was the song title that we played uh, right before this uh, part of the segment um, was uh, shared with you. And um, he's our king of glory, and he wants to fill our places. And we do have a caller on the line, uh, Brother Chris, that does want to speak. And I'm, I'm going to share this, and then I'm going to turn her loose. He's coming back for his church. And, you know, I think about uh, that statement. We've said that a lot. As, growing up as a child, they said that. Jesus is coming back. He's coming back for his church. And, and you won't know when he's coming. And there's a place that I got to in my life I felt like, yeah, 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 you've been saying that, yada, yada, yada. You've been saying that. I don't believe it. But I say on today that no matter who says it will not happen, I am today convinced it will. And I am convinced that there will come a day where I will dance in the presence of my God. I am his, and I want to see my Savior. And I want to see him high and lifted up and given the honor that he's due. Because when I didn't know anything, he gave me answers. When I couldn't see, he gave me sight. When my heart was broken, he healed me. And just like he did it for me, he has no respect to a person. He did it for them. He'll do it for you. You be encouraged, and we want to hear now from our caller, uh, Brother Chris, Pastor Chris, Sister Jean Homer. Yes, ma'am. Welcome to <laughs> Praise the Lord. Family. Sister Lori Ann Brown. God bless you. God bless you. You know, I was uh I just want to say I was really blessed by the program today and the subject matter. I was I was totally um, blessed uh because the south the, the message uh regarding salvation, no matter where you are in the body of Christ or in your walk with the Lord. You can always get a refresher on salvation, Amen. And and you Amen. know, I, I thank God for your for your transparency and and your willingness to share your life experiences because we can we you know I feel that people can relate to that when we ministers are willing to stand and say you know I I was not always a minister I was not always saved. Because there's someone out there struggling, I believe, with some of those same issues that you struggled with, sister. And I just want to encourage you today and say, let God continue to use you. I thoroughly enjoyed the program. God bless. Amen. Amen. Well, we thank, we're thankful that you're on. Um, we're thankful that you wanted to share words with the audience on today. And for those of you that don't know, this is the reason why I'm sitting here today sharing my life with you. Jean was the one that um, brought this opportunity to me. Uh, she had relationship with Pastor Chris and, and Nisi uh, prior to this uh, taking place in my life, and uh, she shared this opportunity with me. And um, I, after prayer and, and struggling with 
what I could and could not do, like Moses did. The Lord told him to go down there and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. <laughs> Moses began to give God excuses. And how many people know that God is all wisdom and all knowing, and you can't give God a problem he can't solve? So just like he told Moses, he said, yeah, you still can go. I'm gonna I'm gonna send your brother with you. Aaron to do the talking. You just you just go. You be obedient to me. And so just like that, uh, I had to come back and and answer to God with a yes. Uh, brother Chris, I'm not sure. Is there any other callers? I don't want to take the time. If there is. Uh, yes, ma'am. You are all set to go. You. Okay. All right. Well, um, we um we're just grateful, uh, grateful to God for the the call to to go forward and to to uh. Uh, enlarge our territory and to uh, have another platform um, to share the gospel with. Um, I, I'm I'm so set on on what I'm doing for the Lord right now. I'll preach to a garbage can. It doesn't make me any difference. I, I don't need a man's pulpit. Uh, uh, wherever wherever I go, I, I carry that message with me. Um, I'm not bound by walls and restrictions and man's doctrine. I'm led by the Holy Spirit and I want to share something with you uh, that happened to me uh, on last week, and it really uh, disturbed me, and, and I've been asking God uh, questions about it. Um, on last Saturday, just one week ago, I was traveling uh, back to my uh, home uh, from Charleston, uh, South Carolina. I had been visiting with my son, had had a great time, time of fellowship and laughter, and we'd eaten good, and I just had great time, family time. And uh, my uh, one son uh, lives in Missouri. He had uh, traveled back home, and I was on my way home from my baby child's house down in Charleston. And I'm a flower person. I, I love flowers, and, and my husband said I need to quit buying them, but I, I, I have a problem. Pray for me. And we stopped at a flower uh, shop, and a young man greeted me and began to take me around and I was looking for some Pacific uh, flowers at the time and a, a fruit tree, and uh, he was so genuine. And I got back in the car. I didn't purchase anything. I told him I would come back this week, and uh, I didn't purchase anything. And he said, you sure you don't want to buy anything? I said, no, I'm going to wait for the owner because I have a relationship with the owner of the flower shop, and I needed to ask advice. And plus I have an orange tree in my yard, and the, the owner had told me to bring that orange back down to the um, nursery so he could uh, make me more orange trees out of the seed. And so I took the um, orange back on Thursday of this week, and the owner gave me some news I wasn't ready for. That young man took his life on Monday, and I couldn't believe it because he was he was such a, a, a ray of hope. He was such a bright uh, uh, being and, and I didn't see darkness in him and, and I, I felt like well Lord did I miss something was there a sign that I needed to, to, to share uh, uh, love with him or, or share a message with him did I miss you God looking at the flowers I felt so uh, I felt so hurt by this young man taking his life and then the, the, the devastation of his mother finding his body and the, the owner said that, that what happened was on Sunday, he saw something devastating in his life, and he lost hope. And so on Monday, 
he took a gun and he shot himself in his head. And his mother was the one that found, discovered his body. So on today, before we close, uh, before we close, let's, let's just put our hearts together for the family of this young man, 21 years old, and his life has ended because of hopelessness. Let's put our hearts together. Let's remember his family today. That's our job. So, uh, Brother Chris has, has uh, uh, shared with me that we do have a caller. Uh, uh, caller, if you would like to share anything at this time, feel free. Is there a caller? I guess they're just listening in, sis. So back to you. Okay. Okay. Well, we wanted to give you an opportunity to share. We're we're glad you you came. Um, uh, Like I said, we're here to impact and make a difference in people's lives. And if our coming together is for anything other than that, we've come together in vain. So I choose life today. And like I said, uh, the information that I just shared with you, it kind of shook me. So be careful as you travel to and fro in your life and the places that you stop and the people that you talk with. You just never, never know whether that perhaps may be the last time that you see that person. And I have a neighbor um, that lives right down the road from me. And some a little while ago, uh, I stopped by that neighbor's house to eat with her. And she and I shared a meal that was on a Sunday. We shared a meal together. We shared laughter together. We had those gut gut laughs where we just was funny to ourselves, and we just had a wonderful time that Sunday. And I had promised her I was going to take her to dinner uh, in the week coming because it was her birthday on that Sunday. And on that Thursday of that following week, I got a call that she had gone home to be with the Lord. When I got that call, it said many things in order in my life. It set a lot of things ablaze in my life. It let me know that man only got a few days, and sometimes they're full of trouble. But go back to the first part. You only got a few days. Make the best of your few days. Don't waste your few days. Don't allow hatred, malice, meanness, unforgiveness to cloud your few days. Live your life on purpose. Live your life to the glory of God. Utilize the tools that God has given you. And to close off, I'm going to give uh, Pastor Chris time to um, advertise the radio station and to do the, the, the necessary things that he needs to do. Appreciate the time. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to Saturday's Buffet with Lorraine Brown. God bless. Brother Chris. God bless you, family. And, yes, this was an awesome, awesome treat today. And uh, we praise God uh, for our new sister in the Lord, Lorraine Brown, uh, for this. This is actually an on-time word. Get your Saturday started right here on TPC Radio with Saturday Buffet. 
Uh, also, family, if you want to listen to this rebroadcast, you can listen to it in just a few minutes on our website, com. It'll be on our page and also coming up at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time will be Brother John presents with Pastor Gene Homer. You don't want to miss that either. And, of course, tomorrow is the Summer Course Reloaded with myself and the family at 2 p.m. And, of course, our new show, Soul Life, with Michael Savalos at 4.30 Central Standard Time. You can also follow us on Facebook at TPV Radio, Instagram at TPV Radio. You can also download Live 365. Just search the Sonic Voice Radio Network, and you're in there. Now, you just have to bypass the subscription. You'll see it on the upper left-hand side of your screen. Click that X button, and you can bypass it and just type in the Thomas Boys Radio Network, and you're all good. So those are all my plugs today. And again, sister, it was an awesome buffet today. I'm full of the spirit, and now I'm hungry in the natural. So back to you. Bless you. All right. Well, we thank you for uh, tuning in, and we pray that something was said. It's going to bless your whole life on today. We ask that you would tune in to us on Saturday at noon for our buffet so that we can share a meal together, that we can share a drink together, that we can cool our heels together. Somebody said that I was country, but I don't believe that. I'm I'm not that country. But uh, come on back next Saturday at noon. God bless you, and we'll see you soon on Saturday's Buffet with Lorraine Brown. Thank you. For inspiration. TPV Radio, Central Texas.